First of all, I want to say that um, in all the churches that I have ever been in, and that's been quite a few, I don't know of a one that has any more anointing on their praise and worship than you all do here. And I, I, I'm blessed every time I come here. And, you know, the blessings I get out of that continues to flow through the week. Does that happen to you? And uh, I, I'm glad to be here. Before I preach this morning, I want to share a testimony with you. I may have shared this with some of you, but uh, I haven't all of you, and the Lord just told me to share it. In March of last year, my husband uh, had bladder cancer. And uh, thank God he's free. And uh, they have to go back with a scope every so often to check because uh, bladder cancer reoccurs often. And we were at the hospital in Greenbrier uh, in uh, uh, Lewisburg. And um, we was there from the time it opened that morning till they closed that night because he had developed a problem. We got home, and my son went to his house. He lives in Ronsefort, and my youngest son from Tennessee, and my daughter, we was at my daughter's house. I guess we all were asleep. And all of a sudden, I woke up. I guess I woke up. I can't remember was I asleep or not. But I had this awful pain in my chest. And I thought it was indigestion. And I told my son, I mean, I told my husband, I finally woke him up, and I said, I got this awful pain in my chest, and I can't hardly stand it. And by that time, it felt like a cinder block was laid on my chest. And so he woke my son up and said, go see if your sister's got any tums. Mom has a pain in her chest. And so as he was coming back in the room, now if I break down and cry, (laughs) He was coming back in the room. By the time he got to me, I died in his arms. Now, I didn't see Jesus. And I didn't see angels. But I want to tell you what I did see. I came in contact with the most wonderful peace that I have ever felt in my entire life. The scripture that says, my peace I give unto you, not the peace of this world, but my peace I give unto you. I always associated that with a sinner getting saved and the peace that comes in when you accept Jesus. Uh Uh-uh. This is eternal peace. This was the peace that when a saint of God dies, now I guess y'all call I'm calling myself a saint, but when the saints of God die, They enter into that eternal peace. And honey, I want you to know that it is wonderful. It is marvelous. And I kept wanting to go back to it. They would beat me and pray and cry. My grandson said my my daughter prayed every demon and devil and white sulfur back to hell. But I wanted back then. I told Jimmy last week or a week so ago, I said, honey, if that happens to me again, don't you bring me back. You let me go. It is so good. Oh, people, let me tell you something. You, We've got something waiting for us. It is nothing like it in this world. I want you to know that. And, you know, 
I've had an opportunity to share this with so many people. They flew me out to Roanoke Hospital, five different doctors. They couldn't find what was wrong with me. They couldn't put a name on it. And I know it was God. That's what the heart doctor told me when she looked at, looked at my records from the hospital. They couldn't find nothing. She said, well, right here shows you had a heart attack. She said, they just didn't want to give God credit for it. But that's not the end of my story. Not too long ago, I had this headache. And it would go up the side of my face and it would stop right here. I tried everything in the world to cure it and I couldn't do it. So I told Jimmy, I can't stand it anymore. I've got to go to the doctor. I went to the doctor and they checked my vitals and come back and checked them again. And now I'm feeling no pain. And then the doctor come in and she said, I feel better if you'd go to the emergency room. Will you promise me you'll go? Okay, you're the doctor. <laughs> and she asked Jimmy, you promise me you'll take her directly to the emergency room? He said, yes. So we go down there and they're waiting on me. I mean, they got me in a room. I don't know what's going on. They never told me. And then they took me out for a test. And I come back and I was laying there in the emergency room and thank God there was about three other patients that had come in while I was there and I got a chance to talk to them about the Lord and pray with them, you know, and everything. And I was laying there and all of a sudden this nurse comes in the room all dressed in white from her head all the way down. She walks over to me and very quietly she says, May I pray for you? And I said, sure. And I had my hand laying on the rail of the bed. She laid her hand directly on my hand. I didn't hear what she prayed. I didn't hear a word. But just for a few seconds, and she got started toward the door. And I said, thank you. And she went on out the door. In a few minutes, I said to Jimmy, Jimmy, how often do you know nurses come in and pray for you? He said, I don't know any. A few minutes later, I said, Jimmy, she was all dressed in white. Nurses don't dress in white anymore. That was an angel. That was an angel. Why was God bless me so much? I don't know. But she came and she laid her hand on me. And she disappeared. The doctor came in, and I will show you exactly how he came in the emergency room. Little short guy. <laughs> came in there and he said it like this. Whoever comes to the emergency room with a headache, God works in strange ways. He was really watching over you, lady. Don't you know you could die right now? Right now you could die. And I thought, if you don't settle down, you're going to have a heart attack, you know. He said, I, I could put in a fibrillator, but I couldn't put in that other thing. I can't never think of it. But I called the heart doctor, Dr. McClucky, and he said, send you down there. Well, I stand before you today, and I don't have, a, I don't have those things in my chest. God sent me to that emergency room 
to have that experience that I had so I can share it. And I have shared it. You would not believe the times I've shared it in the places and the responses that have happened. Just the other day, a waitress didn't even know what salvation was. What's salvation, she said. People, time is winding up. He's getting ready. We're going to have a mighty revival in this land. God's going to give every sinner a second opportunity to repent, and He's going to give those that turn their back on Him a chance to come back. And after that, we're going home. You and I are going to have that eternal peace. And if you've lost a loved one and you, you're grieving over that, maybe you lost them a long time ago or recently, honey, if they went to be with Jesus, don't grieve. Rejoice. Be glad. Now, I'll preach my sermon. I wasn't going to tell it all. But, well, we'll... Quickly, this waitress, her, I told her what the Holy Spirit speaks to me when He wants me to tell it, and He'll say, tell it, you know. And He don't ask me to, He tells me to, you know. So, I told her my story, and she said, uh, that's strange, she said, my daddy died a few days ago, and I was the one that found him. And she said, I was mad at my daddy. She was pregnant, and her daddy was upset because she was pregnant, and I suppose it wasn't a pleasant incident. And she said, I worry about that. I mentioned the word salvation to her, and she said, what's that? She never even heard the word salvation, did you, honey? And we explained it to her. Strange. The very same day as in Walmart. And I heard this lady call for her son, Noah. And there stood Noah. Cutest boy, looked like he's about 10 or 11 years old. Just like a ball player, you know. And I said, your name Noah? And he said, yeah. I said, how's the ark? He said, just fine. Then I looked over and there was his mom and dad. And I said, uh, I heard his thing was no one asked him how was the ark. And he said it was just fine. I said, he must be a church going boy. I want to go to church, but we ain't found no church. But I want to go. And his mom and dad real quickly said, uh, we've been looking for a church, but we just haven't found one. I said, where do you live? He said, Princeton. I said, let me recommend some churches to you. Well, later on, I was like, went all the way across Walmart on the other side. The first aisle we turned down, guess who was there? Noah. Oh, he loved me and he hugged me and he told me he loved me so many times. And then God said, tell him your story. And I did. 
And when I told, got to the end of it, she looked at her husband and he said, you know something? She lost her mother and sister not long ago and she ain't been able to handle it. She's been grieving so much. But I got an opportunity to tell her, don't grieve, rejoice. When a saint of God dies, rejoice. I know we're missing. I, I know it's hard to, to, to let them go. But if they're going to be with the Lord, they're escaping what we're going through. It's awful down here. Rejoice. Rejoice. I want you to uh, reach out and take a hold of the hand of somebody beside of you. We're going to pray a special prayer. You might have to reach in behind the bench there to get a hold of her. Somebody come down here and get a hold of this sister's hand right back here. I want us to have a special prayer for Latrish. The Lord just spoke to my heart to do this. Latrish is very sick. She's a wonderful child of God. And I want us to pray right now that there in that home, she wants to be here, but she can't come. I want you to pray that the presence of God will fill that room where she's at. And that the healing power of God will just flow over her body. And when Ricky gets home, he's going to see a new wife when he walks in the door. Hallelujah. You believe that? Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus and in obedience to your spirit. And Lord, we ask you right now as we join our faith together in you, as we believe together for Latrish, that God there in that home, that the Holy Spirit will move in a way that she has never experienced. And Lord, that that healing virtue would go through her body and from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. Lord, that she will be healed and made whole. And Lord, we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Like the little old woman, and she got a can of peaches and stole them, and and uh, she got caught. And they took her to the to the judge, and he said, "Did you uh, you steal a can of peaches?" And she said, "Yes, sir, I did." And he said, uh, "Why?" She said, "I was hungry." And he said, "Well, don't you know there's places that feed you?" "Yes, sir, I do." And he said. How many peaches was in that can? She said, four. And uh, he said, well, I hate to do this, but you did break the law. So, four peaches in that can, I'm going to give you four days in jail. This little old man sitting there, and he said, your honor, may I say something? He said, who are you? I'm her husband. What do you want to say? I just wanted to tell you she stole a can of peas, too. <laughs> My Bible tells me that laughter doeth good like a medicine. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word? Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2 says, 
Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear you. Father, we come before you today thanking you, Lord, for the presence of God that's in this place. Thanking you for the privilege and the opportunity to one more time bring your word to your people. And God, I pray that you would open the ears to hear what the Spirit of God has to say. It's not me, it's you, God, speaking to us. And God, that they won't be just a hearer of the word, but they'll be a doer of the word also. And I pray, God, if there's one person in this place whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that God, before they leave here today, that they can say, I have my name in that book and I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. And I pray if there's those that's got cold on you, God, and, and have fallen by the wayside, Lord, I pray that they will get up and that they will confess it, Lord, and repent. And God, receive you into their heart and into their life. Thank you for this privilege, Lord, in Jesus' name. Shake hands with someone and say you're going to buy lunch. (laughs) You ever lost something? Don't that make, don't that just make you plumps aggravated and silly when you lose something? I'll tell you, when you get age on you, there's nothing golden about it. One of the things that goes is your memory. I lose so much stuff. Princess said, Mommy, won't you write down where you put it? I said, that ain't no good. I wouldn't know where I put the note. You know, constantly losing things, misplacing things. I mean, you know, you just had it a few minutes ago, and now you can't find it nowhere. And I'm the world's worst when it comes to that. Two things I'm always losing, and that's my cane and my pocketbook. When we get ready to go or do, I'll say, where's my cane? Jimmy will say, I don't know. And we go looking for it because it's, it's somewhere, but we don't know where. And then my pocketbook. Where's my pocketbook? Jimmy says, you change it all the time. and That's the reason you can't remember where it's at. But to lose something is so aggravating. And sometimes we even lose something of value. When we lose our relationship with Jesus Christ, that's something valuable. That's something eternal and everlasting. And sometimes we lose that. We're tempted and we're tried. And we yield to temptation. And the next thing you know, we're on the wrong road and we're going in the opposite direction. Sometimes I tell Jimmy... Help me pray. I hate to lose money, don't you? Don't have much, but when I lose it, that's worse. And I'll call my daughter sometimes and I'll say, Help me pray. 
I can't find this and I can't find that. I hate to lose anything. Sometimes I lose things, don't even know I lost it for a long time. The dictionary lists a lot of definitions for loss. It says lose, losing. But so does the Bible, God's Word. I chose one definition in, in the dictionary that stood out to me spiritually, and that was not firmly fastened down. You have to keep up the relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't be a lazy Christian. You can't be one that goes a week without reading your Bible or praying or talking to the Lord. And you wonder why so many things go wrong. It's because the Lord is trying to wake us up and say, Hey, I'm still living. I'm still real. Don't go the opposite direction. Follow me. It's safer when you follow me. And how do you know how to follow me? By reading my Word and reading the directions in this book. And it will tell you which way to go and what to do. It's a book of instruction. Not firmly fastened down. A lot of us are not fastened down with our walk with God and our Bible reading and our prayer time. Relationships with the Lord, it's a wonder why we're not seeing our prayers having effect or being answered. Sometimes we say, I can pray and pray and nothing happens. But you know what? Sometimes you close the door of heaven. You close the ear of God and you walk away from it and then tragedy or something like that will happen and you want God to be right there on time and do what He's supposed to do. And you done changed your address and moved in another direction. While we were down and not up, it's because we have wondered Away from the way of God. No longer in possession. No longer available. Because of this, we lose our joy. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you lose your joy, you don't have no strength. And the more joy you have, the more strength you have. I like that little song, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Because it is. Have you ever just been down and all of a sudden it dawns on you, where's your joy? And you just start going, ha 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 Stupid Connie. But you know what happens? It puts the devil to flight. It changes your attitude. And it gives you strength to resist the temptations of the enemy. Because of this, we lose our children. We don't have family altars in the home anymore. 
We don't have Bible reading with our children and our grandchildren anymore. We ain't got time because we got to watch the trial for Trump on TV. We don't have time to go to church and take our children, our family to church so they can learn about God. So we can be an example before them. And because of this, we have lost our freedom. People, it's awful what's going on in our world today. Our freedom is at stake in the United States of America. And if you ever prayed and fasted and sought God, you better do it right now. I don't mean tomorrow. I mean today. You better start. I preached a sermon not long ago at a church, and I was so stirred when I got home. Uh, preachers, uh, maybe you singers feel this, you know, God's anointed you and blessed you, and you get home, you still feel that anointing and that blessing. And, and, and I, I, I was praying, and I said, oh, God, uh, see, what we need to do, we need to, to pray and to fast and we need to unite together. You know, that's the problem in our churches today is unity. Do I hear an amen? We need unity. And that's what's wrong in our homes today. We don't have unity. Dad says this and mommy says that and the kids just do what they want to do. I remember when I was a little girl, and I wanted to do something, I'd ask my mother first, and she'd say, go ask your dad. And I'd go to dad, and he'd say, go ask your mother. And I'd go backwards and forth two or three times until I made my own decision. But I knew I better be the right one, or I'd have to suffer the consequences. See, I was raised up to know what a paddle was. And a switch my mama would say, get me a switch off of that maple tree out there. I come in, I had a little switch. I said, get me a switch or I'll go get one. And I thought, dear God, she'll bring a branch in here sure as a world. She said, I'm going to cut the blood out of you. Your mama here tell you that? Wham! On them legs would go that switch. And I thought, you'll be sorry if I die. Had to get them for whipping me. But I didn't realize how much love my mom and daddy had for me to give me a whipping. The Bible says train up of child in the way it should go. When it's old, we won't get away from it. What you plan in your children, they will remember. They may turn around and they may get on drugs. They may, they may do anything out there, but they'll never forget the, plant, the word that's been planted in their heart. This little baby is so innocent over there. Mom and Dad has been, had a miracle placed in their hands. And not just to goo-goo and play with it, but to teach it about Jesus. Teach it how to live a righteous life and be a righteous example before that little baby. Because it's going to grow up fast. It's going to grow up fast. And I was so concerned. We need unity. I wanted to see the Baptists and the Methodists and the Presbyterian, all of us coming together and praying and fasting for our nation. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why don't you do it? 
And I said, well, first of all, I'm a woman. And men don't like to be told by a woman what to do. You're the only honest person in here. You know what? And then he said, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Think about that. And I walked in the office and there laid a page from a sermon I'd preached and it said, is the prize worth the battle? So men won't listen to me. That's okay. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And we've started a group to spread this. And it's been spreading in Virginia and, and, and Tennessee and different places where we gather either one, either two or three or whatever. And we pray and we fast for our nation, our president, this election that's coming up. We pray for that. And, and, and not, not just pray, pray and fast. Not just fast, fast and pray. How long has it been since you fasted and prayed? Can you imagine if everybody in here would make the decision, we're going to fast and pray every Monday for our nation, for our community, for our church? Can you imagine what might take place? But if we sit around and twiddle our thumbs and say, oh, things are bad out there. I don't know what our nation's coming to. I'll tell you what it's coming to. Destruction if we don't get on our knees and pray and fast. Well, I'm a Democrat. Well, I'm a Republican, but I'll pray with you. And I'll fast with you. Because I want to see a revival in this land. I want to see justice done. I want them to quit killing babies. I want them to quit doing all this stuff that they're doing that is so wrong and sinful and ungodly. And you know why that these things are happening? Because we Christians have let up on our prayer and our fasting. Lose our peace. Our excitement. How many in here said, oh, goody, 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 it's Sunday, I get to go to church. Oh, I got to church. That N.R. Taylor is a long-winded preacher. <laughs> he scratches that bald head and you never know what's going to come out. I love him. That's why I can say that. You're blessed with this pastor. We've lost our fellowship. You remember when we used to go to different churches? When, 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 you, when you, your church was in a revival, the other churches come and supported that revival. Don't do that no more, do we? And then we wonder why we don't have revival. There's strength in numbers. And the more people we have, the stronger we are. Amen? We've lost our excitement. We've lost our love and our dedication. How did we allow this to, to happen? Neglect. 
neglecting to do what we know we should be doing. Neglecting to pray, to read our Bible, to come to church, to be supportive. Losing our first love. You remember when you first got saved? Man, you couldn't wait to get to church. You didn't care whether it's a church you got saved in or or neighborhood church. Man, if you could get there, you went. You were hungry for God. You couldn't wait to to hear the preacher preach. It didn't matter how long he preached. I know we had a pastor one time. He he would pray for the sick, and, and I tell you, I I would I, I'd go through it a lot, and I wasn't even sick. Because when he laid hands on you and prayed for you, you felt something. His name was Preacher Day. Some of you may have known him. There used to be a powerful anointing in our services. People were slain in the Spirit, baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Wow. What happened? We got lazy and we lost our first love. Remember when you first got saved? How excited you was about the things of God? You were part a part of whatever was going on. You didn't hear what was going on. You just wanted to be a part of it. You were eager to be involved. Now it's hard to get people to do in the church. It's even hard to get somebody to sweep the floors. To take the nursery. To teach a class. Be in the choir. Whatever. There was joy in doing it. But little by little we quit reading our Bible. Little by little we quit going to church. We quit fellowshipping. We quit paying our tithes. We, 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 we quit giving in offerings. We begin to lose our joy. We begin to lose our love and our peace and our dedication. Not only did it affect us, it affected our children and our marriages. What happened, Connie? You let down your guard. You gave in to the devil. Little by little, you allowed him to steal your joy and your peace and your relationships and your commitments. You allowed him to steal your children. You allowed him to take the most essential things that you love. You stood by and let him just take them. How do my sermon today is take it back. Take it back. Take back your relationship with God. Get on your knees and ask God to forgive. If you can't kneel, stand up. He'll hear you just the same. Tell God, I don't don't want to live the way I'm living. I want to be refreshed. I want to be restored. I want my first love to come back in my heart. Take back your relationship with God. Repent of your sin. What is sin? He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is a sin. You know it's good to be in church. You know it's good to read your Bible and to pray. 
take back your spiritual desire. Remember when you used to be so hungry for God, you, you just couldn't wait, you know? Oh, I, I just can't wait. Take it back. God, I want to feel that again. I want to experience it again, God. Repent of your sin. One of the greatest sins to me is to turn away from God. Take back your home. Devil, you're not going to have my children. They may be deep in drugs. They may be in jail. They may be, be a murderer. They, they may have done all kinds of evil things. But you can take them back. You can pray down the convicting power of the Holy Spirit upon them. You can love them like God loves us when we get out of, out of order. And you can, you can give them the Word. You can seek God in their behalf. God is in those prisons. He's where those druggies are. He's where those homeless people are. He loves them. And He wants them to reach out to them. But some of them are too weak. They don't know how to do it. We need to hold their hands out before God and pray for them and with them. And not be ashamed. I can honestly say this. I could put my arms around the dirtiest looking people and the snot running out of their nose and everything else if I have an opportunity to pray for them and tell them about Jesus. Take it back. Take back your joy that the devil has stolen from you. Take it back. When? Today. Right now. Take it back today. Take back your home. Take back. Let's take back our country, the United States of America. God, give us this wonderful country. The devil's mad and he's trying to destroy it. There's so much hatred and so much, so much lying and, and so much corruption. And we're partly responsible. Because we've lost our first love. I want to ask you a question. How long has it been? Since you was in prayer, praying for people to be saved, your heart was broken and the tears began to fall down your face. Fall onto your garment. Fall in the floor. You don't have a, a rallying altar up here. But you could kneel and uh, from, from this side to that side. And it's tears. Poor Christians are shedding tears. And God said in His Word, those tears are stored up in heaven. And one day He'll take the mother that's praying there for her son. And those tears that she shed. And wherever He's at... 
God will pour them out upon them. And they'll feel that guilt of what they've done because that mother interceded for her son. I was holding a revival when I was conference evangelist. I was holding a revival in one of the churches and we, we, it was close to a college and the college kids had come out and, and so many of them were saved and, and were seeking God and, and, and we were in this little church and, and the wife of the pastor was at the altar and, and they were weeping and crying and she would wipe the altar. She didn't want the tears to stain the altar. I said, dear God, sister, I wished every church, every church would have have their altar stained with tears where people were repenting of their sins and praying for others to be saved. We've lost that, folks. But we don't have to stay lost. We can take it back. We can take it back. Take it back. But we got to do it. We got to get off of our our feet and do nothing, and we've got to take it back. We've got to show the devil, you're not in charge of me. You're not in charge of my family. You're not in charge of my finances. You're not in charge of our church. You're not in charge of our nation. You will not succeed. For greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. My brother back there came in the side church today and he had this, I thought, a big chain. And I thought, see, he had that chain wrapped all around him. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's the way a lot of people are. They're chained up. Not that you are, brother. Because I don't think you're chained up. But I'm talking about he's got chains on them. But those chains can be broken. Isn't there a song about the chains being broken and them being set free? Break every chain, every fetter. But it's going to take us praying and fasting and seeking God to see this happen. What causes us to lose these things? Sometimes when things happen, we say, look what you made me do. It's not my fault. God didn't make you do it. The devil didn't make you do it. You know what? He can only tempt you. He can only tempt you. But get ready for this. You did it. You did it. I did it. Look what God gave Adam and Eve. An opportunity to never die, never argue. Never be jealous. Never be wanting to sin. Then they let the serpent, the devil, deceive them. It wasn't the devil's fault. It was Eve's fault. It was Adam's fault. Why did they hide whenever they were supposed to meet Jesus in the garden? Why did they hide from God? Because they had sinned. God said, Adam, where are you? He said, over here, Lord, in the bushes. He said, why have you hidden yourself? He already knew. Why have you hidden yourself? This woman you gave me. 
Take it back. Take it back. Don't let the devil have it anymore. Stand up to the devil. Let him know who you are in Christ Jesus. And tell him to get off of your grounds. It's holy ground. Don't let him stay around. Just as soon as he comes, kick him out. Sister Connie, you sound cruel. Well, I'm mad. I'm mad that we let him do these things. We'll be tempted. Rest assured of that. But remember, with every temptation, there is a way of escape. Let me remind you of something. Listen closely. Wake up your neighbor and say, you need to hear this. Punch Adam and went to sleep back there. Punch Ricky, somebody. So we're here. The devil can't take anything away from you if you refuse to let him have it. The devil can't take anything away from you if you refuse to let him have it. But some of us uh, open the door and say, come on in, have a party. Look in the mirror. What do you see? You will not and you cannot give in to this devil and his temptations and be happy, be full, and be free. Take back everything he has taken away from you. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And just look at Satan and say, you can't cross the bloodline. i got to quit. I'm not through, but I'll quit. The message this morning is, take it back. I don't know your heart. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your standing with God. Nobody really knows but you and God. But what's missing in your life? What you gave up and let the devil have it? God says, take it back. It's that simple. You know how easy it was for you to give it over to him? Take it back. Don't let him have it any longer. Repent. Be restored. By the renewing of your faith. And be set free. Some of you may be in this church today. You may be bound. You may be tied up. But God don't want you to leave that way. He wants to break the chains and the fetters. He wants to restore the love. He loves you. Nobody loves you like He loves you. Nobody will do for you what He'll do for you. And has done for you. How many in here will raise your hands and say, I need to take it back? <laughs> I need to take it back. 
when are you going to take it back? Now's a good time. Now's the time to make a commitment to the Lord and say, I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to teach my children what's right. I don't care if they hate me. I'm going to teach them what's right. For one day down the road, they'll be thankful Mommy and Daddy taught me. And when we stand before God, we know that we taught them right from wrong. I urge you this morning, don't put it off. Don't go out that door out there until you have come up here and stood up here and made a recommitment of your faith to God. And take back the joy, the peace, the strength before you leave here this morning. Father God, I preached your word. And Lord, you've laid this on my heart this morning, God. And now, Lord, I pray that those that raised their hand were sincere. And Lord, they mean they want to take back what the enemy has taken away from them. And I pray that right now, Lord, they'll get up out of their seat and come down to this altar. And Lord, that they will cast their self at the foot of the cross. And God, that they will make a commitment to you before they leave this place today. I'm warning the devil. He's not taking anything from me anymore. I'm going to take back what he stole from me, what I gave him. I'm going to take it back. If you're that determined this morning, somebody go up to sing a song. While they're doing that, I want you to get up out of your seat. And I want you to join right here at this altar with me. Will you do it? Will you do it? That's right. Will you just come on? Come on and let's join up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I, 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 I need you.